Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins. Thank you for tuning in today. Unfortunately, Trey Lyle couldn't be with me, but he will be back for next week's episode. We have a lot of news that we could get into today. George Springer signed a contract with the Blue Jays, the Mets fired their new GM, and as I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon, the Phillies have re-signed JT Realmuto to a record-breaking contract for a catcher. But we won't be able to get into any of that today. Unfortunately, last Friday, the baseball world lost a legend when Hank Aaron passed away at the age of 86. The Hall of Famer spent 23 years in Major League Baseball, his first 21 seasons coming with the Milwaukee and then Atlanta Braves, before he played two final seasons with the Milwaukee Brewers. He's most famous for breaking Babe Ruth's record of 714 career home runs, hitting his 715th home run in April of 1974. Aaron finished his career with 755 home runs and is still the career leader in RBIs with 2,297. He is also the Major League Baseball career leader in total bases, a 305 lifetime hitter, and one of only three members of the 700 home run club. Although I was never around to see Hank Aaron play, growing up a Braves fan, he was an icon, a hero, and an inspiration to me and many kids like me. To help me remember and honor his life and legacy, I'll be joined today by Gabe Burns, the Braves beat writer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, to talk about what Hank Aaron meant to the baseball community. Gabe, I of course wish this was under different circumstances, but I am uh, looking forward to talking with you a little bit as we reflect on Hank Aaron's life and legacy. Thanks for joining me today. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. I appreciate you having me, Matt, and I agree. It's uh, under unfortunate circumstances, but um, it's been heartwarming to see the amount of coverage and what people, the content people have been producing in honor of Hank. So uh, at least they're, everyone seems to be doing that right. It definitely has. Uh, I mean, just seeing all kinds of stuff from not just the baseball world, but the whole sports world. I mean, Hank Aaron was truly a transcendent figure. He transcended baseball and sports and just impacted so many lives. Uh, I mean, what from you working on the Braves beat for a couple of years now, what have you seen on, on what Hank Aaron meant to, to Atlanta and the Braves community? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to even really describe it. Um, I'm, I'm from Georgia, uh, so I've spent all 27 years of my life here. Um, growing up, obviously, I'm a, a I'm the generation that didn't. I'm one of the generations that didn't see him play. <clears throat> and growing up, you just it's impossible not to know about Hank and feel Hank's presence and just what he meant. Um, so so much beyond baseball, um, but obviously, he was the, by far the best player in Braves history, arguably the best player in MLB history. Somebody who represented so much of really represented everything you wanted in a baseball player and for as good as he was there he was an even better person what he means to not just Georgia and not just to the south but nationally um, he's truly one of the most revered and respected athletic figures ever um, for what he went through and what he endured to accomplish and you know to maintain such grace and respectfulness in everything he did uh, he's really just 
Yeah, I, I said this before, but to even call him just an idol and a hero uh, is underselling just how much he, he's just meant to the entire world. I think it is really cool to see the impact that he had, not just on his generation, but like you said, obviously you weren't around to see him play and you knew how great he was and all the stories about him. I grew up in Virginia, but I was a Braves fan. And so I looked up to Hank Aaron. I knew that he was the greatest player of all time. And I just, mm. I mean, I, I idolized him. And I, I found some old pictures from a trip that we took down to Atlanta when I was younger and took pictures with all the, all the Hank Aaron statues in the, the wall where he hit the 715th home run and all that mm. stuff, because I knew what he meant to the Braves and to baseball. And I knew that I wanted to, you know, to see the stuff that, um, you know, where his history took place. And it's just cool how he touched so many generations like that. Yeah, it is. And, you know, even in my era growing up where, you know, it was Chipper and Smoltz and Glavin, Maddox, Hudson, just all of those guys. I mean, just to to hear the way that all of them have always spoken of Hank and just to know these are all Hall of Famers who, you know, feel like they don't even belong in anywhere near the same sense as him. He's just a whole nother world. I mean, there's Hall of Famers and then there's just a whole other category and, and Hank really leads that category. And and we're just talking about his on field acumen. Uh, and as, as we've said before, what the off field stuff is even more important and just, just what he meant to society and to just see him, you know, just go through what he went through and still he didn't quit and he persevered through it. And I mean, just, immense amount of respect to the individual and he's no doubt he's an icon um he's an american icon and it was a really just truly a sad day to see him go yeah we of course all know about the the on-field accomplishments and what he did on the field but everyone says that he was just as great if not a greater man off the field and obviously that's something that most of us haven't gotten to experience but i remember seeing him on Sunday Night Baseball a year or two ago and just listening to his conversation with Matt Veskers and Alex Rodriguez and just thinking, man, I'd love to just chat with him for a few minutes. Like just the way he talked about the game mm-hmm. and about life, something about it was just so so soothing and I would just love to talk with him. You've had a, a couple of interactions with him. What were those like? Yeah, I mean, actually, I it was – I managed to – run into him and I got a picture with him, which usually you don't do, um, obviously in journalism, but Hank is kind of an exception for everybody, you know? And, uh, I believe that was after, uh, he was in the booth for, it might've been that very Sunday night, a Sunday night game. It was in Atlanta and they were playing the Mets. And when he came out of the booth, I was able to, you know, shake his hand and get a photo with him. And I mean, you just, there's just some people that you just feel the presence, you know, you just feel there's an aura around them and you just know how special of an individual this is and what this individual means to just so many thousands and thousands of people. And uh, it's not, (laughs) it's very rare you even get to be in the, you know, the same area as somebody like that. So just encountering him, seeing him at spring training, he came down to spring training last year. They named the alley, the, alleyway that people drive into at the new uh for the new stadiums named Hank Aaron Way and he came to that and he spoke for a few minutes they flew him down for that and he rode around on the cart and kind of you know he talked with uh Braves manager Brian Snooker who he actually hired um in 1981 so um when Hank was Hank was the uh assistant vice president so uh, there's 
uh, just his impact on the Braves organization can't be understated. His impact on Atlanta, the South, and the entire country can't be understated. So just being able to be around somebody like that, I mean, it's such an honor. Yeah, I think I, I read your article about how Brian Snicker was talking about the impact that Hank Aaron had on his life. What is the the background there, and what was their relationship like? Yeah, so uh, Snit was a minor league player in the Braves organization. He was a catcher, and he wasn't any good. And he was actually being released, and Hank offered him a coaching job. He said, we're going to release you, but I'd like to keep you on as a coach. And Snit took it, and, you know, for, he's been over four decades now in the Braves organization, and obviously he's managing a team that uh, – you know, fell just short of a World Series berth last year, and a lot of people are going to be picking to, uh, you know, maybe win the NL or win the World Series this year. So, I mean, he's – again, that's just – and that's really, you could say, that's one of the very, very smallest impacts that Hank has had on this organization. And, and you know, and Snit just considered him such a friend and a mentor, and he turned to him, and he would ask Hank to – you know, even he said since he's been the major league manager, he asked Hank to speak with players on the major league team about whatever's needed. So, it, I mean, just that relationship and having somebody like that in his life, I, I mean, I, I can't even imagine uh, how blessed and fortunate uh, he feels for that. I've seen some pictures on social media, but what are some of the ways that the team and the community down there in Atlanta have been honoring Hank Aaron? Yeah, so they've actually they opened they opened up the area where Hank's statue is uh, in the stadium, and people were going over there and they're leaving you know flowers and anything to pay tribute, and it's it was just a really nice thing. There's been a lot just honoring Hank anywhere near the stadium, and that's just uh, they've been and we there's a the there's the view there's the uh, visitation and his funeral will be tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, and then Wednesday is his funeral, but those, those will be closed to the public, but there's just been so much Atlanta. This is just such a, uh, such a big loss for Atlanta. Uh, He was such a valued member of the Atlanta community. Um, People have been going to the old stadium site as well to honor him. And, And it's just the amount of emotion, the amount of love for that man that's being shown by this city is, um, it's just really something special to see. And, and I think that the team is, I mean, obviously the team is handling it the best you can handle it. And the community is doing everything they can to honor the legacy of somebody who truly represented everything that Atlanta wants to stand for. Have you guys gotten a chance to talk with any of the, the current Braves players uh, since his passing on Friday? Because obviously none of them were around to see Hank play either. But like we've said, or like you said, he was, around the team he would speak to players and I'm, I'm sure they all know his impact with the team so have any of them spoken to you or have you heard from any yeah, of them? Yeah we actually haven't really talked to any of the current players since that happened but uh, gosh several of them sent out you know tweets and, and made statements just about you know what Hank meant to them and, and they obviously of course they know how important he was to the baseball world and and is to the baseball world. And, and Freddie Freeman put out, he put out a nice statement. And uh, Hank was actually the person who rewarded Freddie the MVP on MLB Network a few months ago. And that was just a really touching moment. And Hank told Freddie on national TV how proud he was of him. And, and that was, I mean, that was just a really, just for every everybody 
with the Braves. I mean, that was just a really, really emotional, touching moment. And I think that, you know, Hank has had some public appearances since then, but that was kind of one of the last ones where a lot of people would have seen it. And, um, you know, he meant the world to Freddie and, and so many of these guys. Obviously, it's easy to look at, you know, the 755 home runs or the, all the RBIs that he racked up, his career batting average, the, the big stats that stick out. But when you really take a step back and look at the numbers that he put up during his career, I mean, how impressive are those stats that Hank Aaron put up when he was playing? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, the amount of power he provided and when you look at the, how much he walked, um, and, it, you know, I think he averaged over 160 – over 162 game pace, I think it was, he averaged 69 walks and 68 strikeouts. He never struck out 100 times in a season. Uh, just the – when you consider it, I, I think someone pointed out that Ronald Acuna would have to stay healthy and he would have to hit, you know, 35-plus homers a season for the next 20 years to, you know, sniff that territory. And, I mean, when you put it, when you put it into that type of context and you think about how good so many of these guys are who are younger, even some of the greats, uh, even when you look at Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera and some of these guys' numbers, and you consider just how Hank – the longevity of what he did. Uh, and the longevity is just incredible. I think it was 20 straight years with 20-plus homers. Uh, <laughs> you talk about the on-field thing. I mean, every, 755 is going to be the number that everyone always goes to with him, and rightfully so. That will always be the number for him. But, uh, my God, I mean, just – there, it's it's endless. He's in a baseball encyclopedia just himself, um, just with with everything. I, it's it's really hard to even put into words just how impressive everything he did was. So, I, I mean, we're certainly never going to see a career like that again, to state the obvious. It's really amazing when you look at some of the numbers and you think, you know, everyone has heard by now probably you take away all his home runs and he still has over 3,000 hits. He's the only yeah. member of the 500 home run club that can say that. I think I heard that he's the all-time leader in extra base or total bases, total bases. Yeah. If you take away all his extra base hits, he still has more bases than whoever is in second place. I think yeah. I heard that. I hope that's true. But, I mean, it's yeah. just really amazing when you look at stuff like that and, like, how many levels above his contemporaries he was. Yeah, and I mean he was he was playing in a strong era, and you know I think he was a career three oh five hitter. Like it, it, it's just it's truly remarkable just how and he had three Gold Gloves. You know, I mean it's just remarkable how complete of a player he was. Well, Gabe, I really appreciate you taking some time to reflect on Hank Aaron's life and legacy with me. Of course, a tremendous loss for Atlanta and the Braves and the baseball community. I appreciate your time. And if you do have a few more minutes, I'd like to talk a little bit about the Braves right now and what we can expect from them in the 2021 season. Yeah, sure. I'd be glad to. So first off, of course, uh, some reports coming out today that spring training might be delayed, that the two sides can't agree on the universal DH and expanded playoffs. What do you think this season will look like? Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> uh, that's, that's, hard, that's hard to say. Um, I mean, right now, until spring training is delayed, I'm operating under the assumption that they'll be reporting a Braves report, I believe, February 17th. So I'm just going to kind of operate on that assumption until something's different, and that's what teams have been doing with the DH, too. Uh, it, we're, we're getting short on time now when it comes to the DH stuff. So 
you know, it doesn't sound like expanded playoffs is that sounds like that is off the table now. Um, but this stuff changes so much. You never know. But right now, I mean, it looks like we're going to have one more year of pitchers hitting in the NL. And until something changes, I feel like spring training will begin February, you know, in mid, mid to late February and we'll have a 162 game season and hopefully everyone can get through it. As we're getting closer to spring training and the season beginning, do you expect the Braves to make any more moves this offseason? Uh, they should. Um, certainly, <laughs> I, I think given where they are, you know, uh, Azuna's still out there. The alternatives to Azuna are starting to dry up. And, you know, Michael Brantley was a guy that, uh, that we had talked about as maybe being kind of a plan B, plan C type player. You know, they, they were in touch with George Springer. I never thought that was – realistic that was more of a I think maybe if you know his options dwindled which let's be honest that probably wasn't going to happen uh but you know what last year uh, Donaldson left him and Ozuna was kind of there waiting for him they got lucky because Ozuna he wasn't a player that they prioritized obviously and they never would have imagined he would have had the season that he had can that happen again they've obviously they've got a good eye for talent they know what they're doing when it comes to picking guys but I, I do feel like given they were just on the cusp, you're, and now uh, Adam Duvall is also a free agent, so you're losing two key power hitters in that lineup unless you bring them back. So I, I feel like right now th this offense is worse than it was last year. So I definitely think they still have a move left in them. And it would, it, I would definitely say it would be a surprise if they didn't make a move before opening day to kind of bolster their offense. But um, certainly they're still – I mean, even now, they're still one of the top three teams on the, in the NL. Saw a couple of reports last week that the Braves could be interested in JT Realmuto, which would be an interesting move considering they have a very solid catcher in Travis Darno. What do you think about that, and are you hearing anything similar to that? Yeah, that one's tough. Um, I'm not totally buying that one, but I have zero doubt that the Braves ha have expressed interest and have called on him and he's among their options. I just, in the end, I would be surprised if it went that way for the reasons that you really stated. I mean, the amount of money that it's going to cost, which I think they can pay. I just think that when you look at how their roster is constructed, uh, when you consider that they have two top catching prospects on the way, Darno was one of the best, if not the best catcher in the bigs last year. He only has one year left on his deal, so you'd essentially be picking Real Muto over Darno, which, that okay, that might work out. But when you just consider the money, when you consider the prospects, um, this team is going to have a mid-market payroll. Uh, Freddie Freeman is, going, is a free agent next winter, so that's an extension that's going to – you know, everyone thinks that's going to get done, and you assume that will be 25-plus million annually. So you look at the money committed there, Max Freed, uh, Mike Soroka, Dansby Swanson, some of these guys, they're going to be talking about extending them. So just when you look at the payroll structure of this team, and, and that's one of the reasons Ozuna is such a debate too, is just how much can they spend on one guy here. When you... So with Real Muto, I mean, I certainly wouldn't rule it out. Uh, but And obviously they've liked him for quite some time. He's, he's been in the NL East his whole career. It, it would certainly be interesting, and it'd add a lot of fire to the Braves and Phillies rivalry if something like that happened. Uh, but for right now, I, I, I would be surprised if they ended up getting something like that done. All right, well, Gabe, thanks again for your time. I appreciate you coming on, and best of luck covering this season. I hope it's not as strange as last year, but I'm sure we're in for some kind of twists and turns along the way.
Oh, yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. Thank you so much to Gabe for coming on today's podcast and helping me honor and remember the life and legacy of Henry Louis Aaron. That's going to do it for today's episode of the podcast. Make sure to tune in next week as Trey Lyle joins me again and we take a dive into the news of the day. Also, make sure to tune in on Friday as we continue our Baseball Across the Commonwealth series as I travel north to Vienna to see what the baseball culture is like in this northern Virginia town. Right now, for Foul Ball Area, I'm Matthew Atkins. Thanks for listening.